Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, let's start with some breaking news in case you didn't hear it. Dun, 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 dun. The Bucks injury report on linebacker Devin White before last Sunday's game against the Packers is under review by the NFL. Oh, great. How long is this going to take now? I mean, these reviews. (laughs) Well, I know. You know, when they do it on TV, it seems like they're under that damn curtain forever, right? Um, But that's what a league official confirmed to me. We will review the matter with the club. That's what Brian McCarthy, who's the league's vice president of communication, told me in a text message. And, of course, we're all very all-too-familiar move-on guy wants me to move on, but I'm not because it's still news. Of course, White missed the December 3rd game against Carolina and then in Atlanta and had the foot injury, and he was a full participant in practice Thursday and Friday. He was listening as questionable for the game at Green Bay. He said today we got to talk to Devin White finally, and he said that he told Todd Bowles on Friday that he didn't feel he should play. Because his foot was hurting. And it's like, when did you inform him? I don't know. Shoot, I guess you could say Friday. We had a practice last Friday. A little bit of explosiveness that I I did have. But I felt kind of a bit of discomfort. So I knew it wasn't all the way there yet. And I didn't want to jeopardize all the work we put in. Sat out the previous two weeks to try to get my foot right. Okay. So he told him Friday. I mean, kind of jives. Sarah Walsh, who I love, um, was there from the NFL Network today, and she made Bowles go over the timeline just one more time. And Bowles says, I'm going to say this one time. He was medically cleared to play. He then indicated he didn't feel right. He informed me that he couldn't play. He couldn't go. So far, so good. The stories add up. We had ongoing conversations until Sunday morning. Uh-oh. Gets a little dicey now. We, I decide. Wait a minute. I decided to deactivate him. When he got to the stadium, he found out he was inactive. Where do I begin to parse that? Listen, I can appreciate Todd Bowles not wanting to just kill the player's value, right? But at some point, and I think the league will get to the bottom of it if nobody else does, but you have to understand that Stacy Dales, who was told Sunday morning that he was inactive and that it was, quote, not injury-related, that came from a team official. I would suspect a very high-ranking team official because the communications director, as good as he is, isn't giving that one out, okay? That's got to come from a higher source than that. It's Stacy Dales. She works for the National Football League. You think they want to put out bad info? Not injury-related, okay? I've done my homework, done it a while, folks. Got lots of sources, believe it or not. Move on, guy, or whoever you are out there. Did my homework, called my folks at the organization. I was told initially, yeah, coach's decision. Nothing about his foot. Coach's decision. Nothing about Friday's conversation that we're hearing about just now. Coach's decision. 
after the game. I reported, and others have since confirmed, that Devin White was told he was going to be a rotational player, that he was not going to start, that K.J. Britt was starting. And that is why that foot didn't feel so good Sunday. Okay? But according to everybody else, Todd Bowles, now Devin White, they all knew on Friday. Well, if you know the guy's out on Friday, even though he's been, quote, medically cleared but doesn't feel right, then why is it Sunday when the inactives come out 90 minutes before the game that we find out about it? And why would you have to tell Devin he was inactive? Would he have known that when you had that conversation he described so eloquently to us on Friday or on uh, Wednesday? I mean, he talked about meeting with Todd Bowles, okay, on Friday extensively. And he said that, you know, he knew then that even though he had a little bit of explosiveness, he couldn't go. And he told Todd Bowles that, okay? He said, we had a practice last Friday. I had a little bit of more explosiveness than I did have, but I still felt a little bit discomfort. So, you know, I wasn't all the way there yet. I didn't want to jeopardize all the work we put in when we sat the previous two weeks trying to get my foot right. I wanted to come back, and I wanted to be full go. So he he told Bulls, I'm not able to go on Friday. So so why is this still up in the air by Sunday? Well, do you think he was going to change his mind? There was no... On Friday, the injury report was that Devin White, after telling Todd Bowles he couldn't go, was questionable. I'll tell you what's questionable. This whole story is questionable. And so Devin says, and he's upset about this, I've been seeing a lot of stuff like I quit on my team, and I don't understand how I could do that when this was personal for me and Coach Todd Bowles, the decision to sit down and rest to be able to help my team. And even when I haven't been playing, I've been in the building. I've been out there just supporting them, even taking notes, preparing if I was going to play, in case they had any questions, or if I'd seen something I could relate to those guys and put help put them in a better position. So I think the biggest thing that didn't sit well with me, because I never quit on my team. So he's out there preparing not to play. He's out there taking notes, helping guys in case they need help as a coach. Okay, that's fine. But that wasn't Sunday. He decided on Friday he wasn't playing. And Richard Sherman has plenty of contacts within the organization. And he obviously talked to some of the people that he knows, including players, defensive backs, I would imagine, coaches, assistant coaches, and Richard Sherman said that, you know, the conversation I had was to understand that they would rotate. They would rotate them, and they would start KJ, but they'd bring Devin in, and they'd flip-flop him. And Devin said he wasn't about that. I'm not a rotational player, not a rotational guy. I'd like to start and finish the game. Well, listen, folks. Again, you can believe the audio or the video. (laughs) Because the fact of the matter is, 
Devin White did not play. And K.J. Britt has been playing, and they've won three straight games without Devin White. I don't think there was any way, and, and Todd Bowles has admitted this, he was going to start K.J. Britt. He's still talking about rotating in a rotational basis, Devin White, using him in situations, trying to ease him back into whatever the hell he's going to end up being. So I can appreciate they don't want to kill the player. And boy, have the attitudes changed over there. They don't want to kill the player. They don't want to kill his value. You know, and that's I can appreciate that. That's fine. Okay. And yeah, he's been hurt. But the only reason you would be in this situation is because you've been less than forthcoming. That's why the league is looking at this. Okay. They they think it's worth discussing with the team what exactly happened here because something doesn't add up for the NFL. And the only thing I can think of is, you know what? They're in a playoff drive right now, man. They've won three in a row. They may win six in a row. They may win 10 games. They may host a playoff game. All that stuff's on the table for them. And if K.J. Britt goes out there or Levante David goes out there and, the, and he gets hurt, they're going to need a good backup inside linebacker or maybe a guy who, you know, his foot's feeling a little better now. So this is about winning, okay, which is fine because that's what the NFL is. But just say what it is, you know. I know Todd Bowles doesn't want to bury a player, and I don't think any of those people over there do, and that's fine. But you can't try to shovel this and tell us it's something else, you know. Not everyone that has talked to people within the organization is wrong. You know, it's not like when you go for looking for answers, you have a theory and you just go with what you think as opposed to what people are telling you, okay? So this, is, this starts from the top down. By the time it gets to us, it's all through the locker room, the organization, the front, everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody knows the truth, Right? But somehow it's 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 sort of being massaged, okay? Kind of different timelines and different conversations and words like medically cleared, right? What is that? Medically cleared? Well, if a player says he doesn't feel good, you're not really going to medically clear him, are you? I mean, just take it for what it's worth. They're trying to smooth this over now, and that's fine, okay? But, and and look, the league rarely does anything when people fudge on injury reports, okay? They just don't. I mean, they like to, they want... They want the gamblers to know they're keeping an eye on it. That's what this is about anyway, or there would be no need for injury reports because the lifeblood of the NFL is gambling, mm-hmm. and that's why they put them out in the first place. But at the end of the day, Steve, it's like they don't they don't really want to peek under every curtain. They don't want to give up too much information. But it's it's sort of a, you know, it's an integrity issue, right? You You want people to believe and know that these games aren't rigged, that you're not withholding stuff. Mm -hmm. And so no one's surprised if player A can't go because you put a bunch of money on team A 
and instead of Team B. That's what this is about. But they're not really looking hard under those rocks. They're they're leaving it up to the teams to tell them the best information. They only they only look hard when they have to. Yeah, when they're forced like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there's when been others. They're not the first team to do this. No, Atlanta, they looked earlier, happened, earlier this year. They looked at the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Joe and and it turned out that Joe was cleared. Mm-hmm. That the Bengals were cleared. Yep. They looked at Bijan Robinson. Yep. Who played one play against the Bucks, and then after the game, Arthur Smith or somebody in the uh, the Atlanta Falcons said, "Well, he's been sick all week." And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Wait a minute. Illness is on those reports." Yeah, uh, we don't see that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but here? that's a designation. Illness is on there. It's not an injury. Illness but, is but one you of have them. To put illness down. Well, and to that point, and this is how this is how ridiculous it is, right? Two hours or an hour or so before the game, we get notification from the Bucks that Josh Hayes is ill and will not play. And he had not appeared on any injury report, but he got on the bus. He was sick to his stomach. And they put that out. Josh Hayes? Without care. Josh Hayes is a you know inactive a lot, but he's a special teams guy. But, you know, to, they got to put that out. They didn't have any problem mm-hmm. putting that out. They didn't have any trouble updating Vita Vea to questionable on Saturday. You know? I mean, but but you're... Top might your top inside linebacker who has missed the last two games and is questionable, but was full participation on on Thursday and Friday. You told him there, or rather, he told you that he didn't feel like he could go, and you waited till the inactives came out on Sunday. That one, that one didn't make the meter, but Josh Hayes did. I mean, it it just it stretches any limits of reality here, right? Call it what you want. You know, they're coloring outside the mark. I, I don't know. Um, they have their reasons. And I think everything re- always gets back to one thing, right? Winning. <laughs> you know, you have two choices here. You know, you can, you can call out Devin White and say, you know what? He pouted when he found out he was going to be a backup and he refused to play. He told us he was hurt, and that tied our hands because we can't put a player out there that says he doesn't feel good, okay? So, yes, injury is, is, is part of the story, but it's Devin's story. You'll have to ask him. As we were told by the coach on Sunday, well, you'll have to ask Devin. I've never heard that about a guy injured before. You'll have to ask Devin, but I'm sure he'll tell you that his foot didn't feel right. That's what we were told on Sunday, Okay. So, yeah, their hands were tied, but they know what this is. And everybody in that locker room knows what this is. This was pride, hubris, you name it, ego, whatever. And some have called it other things in the organization. Um, But this was not about anything except Devin White could not accept when he was told that he was not going to start that he was going to be rotated, he did not want that job. And you know what? He might have said, well, the hell with that. If I'm going out there and going to risk my my foot here and maybe get knocked out for the rest of the season, I'm not going to do it as a backup player running down covering kicks because that's what those guys have to do. If you don't start, somebody's got to cover kicks. You know, Everybody that's on that roster, if they're not starting, they're playing special teams the exception of maybe the backup quarterback. So that's another part of that job. 
And, and he may have at that point made the calculus that, you know what? Mm-mm. You're not going to play me. Go with the other guy. I'll get better. Play me when I'm healthy or don't play me at all. I don't care, but I'm not doing that. That's, that's what I've been told by people who have the information and should know, be in positions to know. Um, and obviously that's what Stacy Dells was told that it was not, it was not injury related and she works for the NFL. So here you have the NFL investigating the injury status of Devin white when their own reporter employed by the national football league has been told it's not injury related. So I don't know. I'm guessing that the NFL may talk to Stacy Dales and say, well, who told you this? She hasn't changed her, she hasn't taken down anything, by the way. She hasn't changed her story because she doesn't need to. And neither do I. And neither does any, neither does Richard Sherman. Right? So, and you know, this whole much ado about nothing. Look, Devin White has been a story all year long. He's one of the, the top players that the Bucks have drafted in the last five years. Number five overall. Hell, he practically won the Super Bowl for them with the plays he made in the postseason. I've, I've not seen bigger plays at bigger moments from anybody than Devin White had during that Super Bowl run. You can, you can chart him if you want to. And, and the year after that was a very good year. Okay? But um, not so much since. We know what happened last season. He was criticized for loafing. Warren Sapp, others. We've been through this. Asked for a trade. Didn't want to be here. Right? Brought him in back in March. Told him he's going to have to take the 11-7. Um, this has been an ongoing thing. So it shouldn't be a surprise that this, you know. And I, I will agree with Devin on one thing he said on on um, on Wednesday. Which is, Baker Mayfield completely went nuts in this game. And you're talking to a guy who didn't play. Buddy, I agree with you there. I totally agree with now we're doing plenty of Baker Mayfield stories and columns and everything else. And Baker Mayfield was the NFC's player of the week and he was also the FedEx op, uh, offensive player. Um so he's getting his flowers from everybody across the league on TV, anyone does the NFL and rightfully so. Maybe one of the greatest games he's ever played in his career. And the only player to have a perfect rating at Lambeau Field as a visiting player. But you know what? That's the only thing that makes sense to me that's been said in the last few days is that this should not have been the story. Well, who made it the story? Let's back up a couple weeks ago. Who made Chris Godwin the story? Hey, Coach Bowles, how come Chris Godwin didn't have a catch? Well, you know, he's been injured. He was in and out of the lineup. Mm, eh, Not true. Played the same number of snaps he always does, 55, whatever it was. Okay? And then what happened? His wife got upset. Posted some things. Called called the Bucks liars. Wait a minute. What they what she call them again? Liars. See, man, this stuff does not it does not work. Um, when you're going to always try to come up with a different narrative, you know. And and some of it is just bad messaging. And some of it is just the natural instinct, I think, that Todd has to always publicly, and I I mean publicly, not privately, but publicly, cover for his players. 
That's what he feels like he should do. And he does it without fail. He's not Bruce Arians. Can you imagine Bruce Arians and what he would say about this situation? It would be just the opposite of this. We saw it, and I'm not comparing him because they're not the same guy. Devin White is, you know, definitely not Antonio Brown in any manner, shape, or form. But when you're talking about stuff, why players aren't playing and what their view of viewpoint of how things go, Bruce Arians would have come right out and said what happened, what his conversations were. He said it about Leonard Fournette when he almost cut the guy. You know, Lenny was sulking. I brought him in. I told him, I'll release you today if you want to be released. You got to ta- you got to accept your role, man. And then, lo and behold, Ronald Jones gets COVID, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny is born. But Bruce Arians wasn't going to try to sugarcoat it. So it's a different approach. That's fine. You got to be who you are. But it hasn't worked out in these instances. And... um I would just say that the message needs to be a whole lot better over there uh, because that way you're not talking about Devin White when you should be talking about Chris Godwin and you should be talking about Baker Mayfield more and you should be talking about the defensive effort um, and anything else that has to do with the actual game uh, against Jacksonville, which, again, there'll be time for that. Uh, but this is, these, are, these are self-inflicted errors. These are unnecessary. And if they thought about it and got some good advice, they wouldn't go down this path. There's, there's ways of not burying the player without creating narratives that just don't really add up. You know, and somewhere in there is a mama bear, but we haven't found it yet. So anyway, it's, uh, it's been an interesting week. <laughs> uh, and I think it will uh, start to abate a little bit as we get closer to the Jacksonville game, but I don't know, man. It's two weeks ago was Chris Godwin. They're on a three-game winning streak, and like I said, I agree with Devin. Should not be talking about this. Should be about Baker, who, by the way, is getting every award. I've been watching, uh, you know, the NFL shows, and when you see the breakdown, what a game Dave Canales called, And, and one thing that we could probably talk about more tomorrow when we preview the game but the thing that struck me about Chris Godwin, right, the 10 catches for 155 yards, well, you know what they did? And again, this is that slap-your-forehead moment, right? And I understand why they moved Chris out to the boundary and made him, you know, a different position playing outside most of the year, like 65% of the snaps, to try to preserve him because he's beat up, you know, to try to eliminate some of those Combat catches over the middle where you take some big hits and a lot of the blocks in the run game and things like that. Well, on Sunday against the Packers, guess where Chris was? Back in the slot. Back as a slot receiver where you just can't decide we're going to put a corner over top and a safety over top of him, and you know what? You're going to be doubled all day because you only have really a one-way go. You know, You can run to the boundary, which is like a stick route. You can run a dig over the middle, or you can go deep. But that boundary is still there. It's there for your protection, but it's also going to limit you in terms of what throws we can make to you and what you're going to do once you catch the ball because you're on the sideline at that point. Um, they moved him back inside, and he had a whole bunch of room in there. And the, the, some of the plays and the creativity that, that Canales showed, and of course Baker was on fire, um, was really impressive. 
just, you know, the Rashad White touchdown, creative play. He's got Devin Tompkins, you know, filling that flat route instead of the instead of the running back who, you know, presses up the field and, and in the seam and, and it just like there was there was everything that you would want a coordinator to do in that game against Joe Barry's defense, which looked completely lost. And I'll tell you what, that's a guy who has shown improvement is is Dave Canales. And he's been positive and he's been stubborn about running the ball and they've learned how to run the ball and that's what's made a difference in the passing game that we're seeing now. And so they've become, you know, a true problem for defenses. And we'll, we'll see with Jacksonville, which, you know, is one of the top teams in terms of creating turnovers. But this is this has been really something to watch and Dave Canales is also getting a lot of attention and rightfully so. All right, we'll hit on a little bit of Tampa Bay Lightning uh, hockey here in just a second and some other things before we wrap it up. But first, I want to remind you guys that, you know, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service while helping homeowners cut their energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers you a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, your electrical, and equipment replacement is all completely covered. And Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar, and it's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. And this policy, it will transfer to new homeowners also with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of its program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this kind of membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, before we get out of here, Steve, tell me, tell me if I what I see is true. I was watching the Tampa Bay Lightning, mm-hmm. who have been pretty up and down, okay, for the most part. Didn't come out, didn't have a great road trip. No, they come up win with, a game, well, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, yeah, win a game. It's kind of been what they've been, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Just kind of back and forth. Here, tell me I'm wrong with what I saw. The last game they just played that I watched pretty much to its entirety, and they won what six to one or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what yep, it was. beat St. Louis. Beat St. Louis. Okay, and and granted, St. Louis, you know, they're not the Boston Bruins, but whatever. Um, here's what I saw. I saw an unrelenting team that absolutely played at a different speed with different intensity and grinded out everything they could. And and I mean from the first puck drop to the last buzzer, these dudes were working, right? Mm-hmm. There was sort of a 
kind of a no BS, uh, we're going to win pucks, we're going to win face-offs, we're going to stand people up, we're going to dominate zone time, uh, we're going to get lots of pucks to the net, and and their goaltender, again, was spectacular, as he always is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really good. Um, but having said that, they seem like a little bit of fire has been lit under their tails. Now, they got to do it more than one game, obviously. But it am I wrong about that? Did it not feel like, hey, these dudes now, now this is the way you play. Like, they're playing every possession as if it means the game. I, I think there was a – I think the team was not happy with the way the road trip went. And I think they normally coming off a long road trip, that first game can be rough for a lot of teams. Yeah. And not just lightning. It's kind of it's kind of known around the, the league and it, it happens. I mean, you get home, you kind of exhale yeah. the wife, the kids, the girlfriend, the you know, all the other stuff you gotta do. Sometime one of each. Yeah. yeah. They came out with a purpose. They came out skating. Um I thought they I, I thought the game was probably closer than six to one. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't think St. Louis played bad. Yeah, I thought they got a little lax in the second period and started turning the puck over and not clearing yeah, it, not getting it fair. out. I mean, yeah. the Lightning are the Lightning are an extremely good forechecking team. Like, they have always been a very good forechecking team. Where they've gotten into trouble this year, particularly, is the decisions in their own end. Mm-hmm. Not getting the puck out. The turnovers, yeah. Making blind passes at the blue line. Cross the guys, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things that teams know is coming because it's very predictable. Right. And they're very good at it, but when you're predictable, teams can start to guess at it and go for mm-hmm. it, and they do. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, that team Tuesday night looked like a team that wasn't happy with the way they played late, knew they're coming yeah. home. They've got five of the six at home now. Now it's four out of five left including tonight against Vegas. And, you know, they're not in a playoffs. Well, a- after the win, they became in a playoff spot. But they're basically on that line, and they have more games than everybody else. So, you know, if you go points percentage-wise, they're not in a playoff spot. And you're close to halfway through the season now. And so, it, you know, I don't know if it's a fire lit under them, but I, I think if this team's going to get to the playoffs and, and have a chance to make a run in the playoffs – They've got to show that urgency more frequently. Right. It might just be that. It might mm-hmm. just be the recognition that, you know what, we got to get going and we got to get going right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like we got to start playing the right way and all that. But I don't know. It just, there was a difference. I've watched, I haven't watched all their games. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that mm-hmm. I do or that I'm, I'm a hockey expert, but it just seemed like the intensity was ramped up a little bit for a game, like you said, coming off a long road trip. Yep. Sometimes you expect a little lethargy. You expect them not to be quite on point. Uh, and I know they, they did they did have some turnovers and things in the second period, but there wasn't many battles that they that they lost, and they just seemed mm-hmm. they seemed more um, focused and 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 they played it as if it was a very important game, which now they all are. Um, so I don't know, maybe John Cooper got to them. Maybe it was just a good night and, and they, they won't do it again, but well, I, I think let's see what they do tonight against a, a, a team that's up in weight class and yeah, a little Vegas better. Golden yeah. Knight. Punch up. Yeah. Let's you know, they're you what? 14 games above hockey 500 where the lighting are, great. you know, at two games above hockey 500. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so let's see how, let's see how the lightning play tonight. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, now. Mikhail Sergachev, we don't know his status at this point. Yeah, I'm guessing not rough. good. No. 
Didn't um, look good. Luke Lendenning didn't practice on Wednesday either. Uh, you know, so Mikhail Sergachev, and, and, and he has struggled this year. He's not been his normal self. Yeah. But he's still your second best defenseman. Yeah, he is. And yeah, he's big on the power play and all that mm-hmm. other stuff, too. Yeah. So if he's out for a long period of time, that's going to hurt this team. Yeah. You know, now we don't know the status yet. And, and Rob Zettler spoke to the media on Wednesday, said he didn't have an update. <laughs> of course is, he didn't. You know, <laughs> does that surprise anybody? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, we know exactly what's wrong. We're going to tell you today before yeah. we have to. <laughs> well, but hockey doesn't have the same rules as the NFL. So <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like, like, well, why would you give that away, right? Like, mm-hmm. you might know he's out for the year. I wouldn't tell anybody. I mean, right. you know, come on. So, uh, I mean, the Lightning have dug themselves a hole. It's not insurmountable. It's not dire at this point. But they've got to start winning more games than they're losing. And right now they're about hockey 500. I mean, they're, yeah. they're two games above. You need to go on a little bit of an eight and two run, mm-hmm. you know, seven and three, something like that. Yeah. Uh, munch, munch points, as you say. Mm-hmm. What I liked about the game on Tuesday, particularly those first two goals, those are greasy goals. There were yeah exactly one one was a bad bounce right like it was I mean they got a little they got a little fortunate it came off the wall but still you're in there pounding away right but, but you're you got in front of the in net front of yeah. the net yep yeah. exactly it wasn't the this long the slap goal. shot from the circle and right the, you know and, and you know Kucherov had a couple you know bombs and and great but they haven't had enough of those you call them greasy goals those hardworking yeah. goals the rebound goals in front of the net that. You know, that you're just fighting, 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 and the puck goes in, you know. And, and, and even with Kucherov's goals, it was because he was they were screening off mm-hmm. the goaltender. I mean, they had bodies in front of the goaltender, and I think that's why at least one of those went through. Yep. That's what, the, you know, I, you saw the difference. To me, they were skating well, but they were they were in front of the net a lot more. Yes, yes. You know, that that whether it was, you know, Cooper or the team or whatever, it was, you know, you know we're gonna we're going to work tonight. They, they that's did. what I mean. It felt like they felt like they put on their hats, the mm-hmm. hard hats, and you know the whole lunch pill mentality, yep. and they just said, "Hey, we're going to outwork these guys, and we're not going to stop from the time the puck drops until the last horn. Yep. Like we were just going to go." And I thought, start to finish, and it wasn't perfect, but I thought start mm-hmm. to finish, there seemed to be an elevation of effort. Yeah, and now, but they've been on the stretch now of lose, win, lose, win, lose. Yeah. So what do they do tonight? And and. Look, you could still have that same effort. Maybe you lose tonight. Vegas is a really good team. It's a better team, but yeah. it's it's that it's that effort, that commitment to being in front of the goalie. It's that you know that going to work. I mean, that's what you want. That's what you want to see. I mean, sometimes the goals don't go in. Sometimes you don't get the breaks and the bounces. That happens. Right. Right. You know, in a sport which you know two three goals is all you get a night. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just don't have soccer's the same way. You know, it, sometimes you just don't you get the luck. bounces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in those low-scoring games, sports, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I want to see the more consistency of that type of play. Right. That That's what I think, you know, that's when you'll know that the Lightning are turning it around. Right. You know, that's what, in, in you know, these past 10 years, what they've done so well is not go on losing streaks. Yeah. They have stinker games. Yeah. Maybe two in a row. But it doesn't become three and four. And they don't have long stretches of where you're going, ooh. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the season, there's games, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But this year, they've had more of these stretches of, wow, they haven't played well in several games. Yeah. And we keep saying that. And, 
you know, whether it's just the attrition of all the guys they've lost, whether it's the new systems and they're still thinking, not reacting. You know, the, the one thing that hockey today, and, and pretty much it's all sports, really, the players are so much bigger, stronger, faster than ever before in every sport. Doesn't matter. That, you know, I, I like to joke, and, you know, Phil and Chief will sit there and complain sometimes, Phil Esposito and, and Bobby the Chief Taylor, about, you know, the bad decisions players make. You know, what's he doing thinking, passing there, and this, you know. And I like to joke back in their day, you know, when they go retrieve a puck in the corner, they could eat a ham sandwich before they had to decide where to pass the puck. <laughs> yeah, no one was going to board yeah. them. Now, yeah. you've got to decide where you're passing the puck before you've got the puck. Like, you've got to know ahead of time. Like, you don't have time to game. get the puck yeah. and then look and go, where am I passing it? Yeah, no, it's such a fast game. You know, it's such a reaction game. Like, if you're thinking on the ice, you're probably not doing well. Like, it's 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 reaction. It's instinct. It's... I know what I've got to do. I'm seeing what's in front of me, and boom, I, I'm just reacting. You just know what the right play yeah. is. Right. right? And, and and if the if the Lightning are still struggling with that part of it, how long they struggle with it, will they come out of it? Don't know. Yeah. Well, in, in some of it, too, and I, you know, there's not a lot of parallels to football, but I, I think when you have a lot of new guys, and it's, it's just the nature of pro sports now, mm-hmm. you know, with any team, it takes a while, man. You know, you just you can say all the right things. You can put guys out there and go, he's a good fit, and he's a good. You, you just need time on task. You yep. know, that, that was one of the phrases that Tom Brady used a lot, you know. And they were 7-5 and five that yep. first year, and it was like, gosh, man, it's just this thing's never going to get going. And it was just time on task, right? And then, mm-hmm. the, and I think it's true, it's true of Baker Mayfield this year, you know, that they, it's taken them a while to get the run game going, and now they know mm-hmm. what, what routes Rashad can run and, and whether it should be in the pistol or they – you know, even they're still making adjustments, moving Godwin back in the slot, whatever. But it's just time on task. And I think, you know, free agency has forced this for every team that they've got new players every single year. And those guys have to find their roles and they have to know how to play. And they got to play with their guys. And mm-hmm. now you're more than half, well, you're probably more than almost, is it more than halfway through the season for hockey? No, it's not going to be till uh, the weekend after the Christmas first. Oh, uh, they'll, oh they'll, they'll hit the okay. halfway point. Yes, gotcha. Okay, so now, they're not quite at the halfway yeah. then. Now, if if, and I don't think this team's the same, but the Lightning recently, if you remember after the 2018-19 season, the Lightning set all kinds of records, uh-huh. and then got swept out by Columbus. Yes, they did. They changed some of their systems the next season, mm-hmm. and through the first 37 or let's see, 34 games. So right now the Lightning are playing game 34 tonight. Okay. The right. they were 17, 13 and 4. So okay. four games above hockey 500. Lightning right now are two games above hockey 500. Very similar. Very close, yeah. Then the game before Christmas they played the Panthers and they won 6 to 1. That started a string of 23, 2 and 1. But the Is Lightning Is that good? Won. That's pretty good. That's right? very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they won ten in a row starting with that 20, game. Wait, twenty three, two and one was their record for real? Yeah, they won ten in a Good row. Lord, then they lost three out of five, and then they won eleven in a row. Oh my god! And all of a sudden, then they were forty, fifteen, and five. Yeah, and and then they played ten more games. Actually, struggled the last ten after that, and then COVID hit and shut everything down. And right. when they came back, they ended up winning the cup. But they became COVID champions. Yeah. 
the point being, and I, I don't, I'm not saying this team's the same, and, and you know, we know the talent that was on the team. They won two straight cu- Stanley Cups, that group. But just because you've struggled for the first 30 games doesn't mean you can't turn it around, particularly when you've changed some things. Now, we all know the attrition of all the players they've lost. You know, you can go through the laundry list of them. And, and, and do they have enough? I, hard to tell. They changed a lot of players. I mean, the other thing is, how many new players are on this roster, too? That's my thing. I, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, I just think it's taken a while mm-hmm. for these guys to play yep. together. It's, it's just not. And a couple know, of your it, new guys, Tyler Mott and Connor Sheary, got hurt for a while. Yeah, they're just coming back now. Yeah, that hurt as far as them getting adjusted. So, you know, the season is, it, it's been frustrating as a fan because you're not used to seeing this. Like, you know, 33 games into the, the season. I mean, last year, by the time you hit New Year's, you pretty much knew it was going to be Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay, the top three in the division. Yeah, they were in it the It was top pretty much over three. by January. Yeah, that's true. Last year. Now, Boston had run away. I mean, they were so far ahead of everybody. Yeah. But Toronto and, and the Lightning had created a huge distance between them and everybody else in the division. You know, the only, only question was, you know, which order was it going to be, Toronto-Tampa or Tampa-Toronto? It's not – I mean, the, the Eastern Conference got tougher, the division got tougher, and everybody's bunched up. But the Lightning need to be a, more consistent than they've been. No question about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's a good start as far as coming home from that road trip. And if they can play with that sort of intensity and they got an extended road tri- or home stand here that uh, they have a chance to, to get some points at home and they've played better there, um, that would be the time to get going, you know, before uh, before we get to the – New Year's and halfway through the season. Well, we'll follow them. We'll follow uh, the comings and goings of, of the Bucks. Of course, we'll have a chance to talk to Dave Canales, who is actually heard somebody mention him as a future head coaching candidate. Man, I love the NFL. <laughs> well, are they going to run Todd Bowles and keep Dave Canales to uh, appease <laughs> Baker Mayfield? <laughs> right. Hello, Dirk Cutter. Uh, yeah, Dirk, meet uh, Dave Canales. Uh, wouldn't be the first time they did it. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a week to week league, right? Like you, you feel like, oh, these guys are bums and they're never going to win again. And, you know, and then all of a sudden they're up for, you know, head coaching positions, but whatever. Um, so we'll have a chance to chat with him, chance to chat, chat with, I believe, uh, either Larry Foote or Casey Rogers, one of the co-defensive coordinators. And maybe we'll learn more about the health status of one Devin White as they uh, progress through the week and try to figure out who's actually going to be available. Not that we'll know until the Agnactives come out 90 minutes before Sunday's game against the Jaguars team that really needs to win. And their quarterback is in concussion protocol, and he has not missed a game since ever. Uh, Not in high school, not in college, and certainly not in the NFL. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on but we'll have all of that tomorrow thanks for listening we'll have your mailbag questions as well i promise uh for steve versnick i'm rick stroud the Tampa times have a great day everybody mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.